Welcome to Social Media Blues, a podcast for those who struggle with social media but can't afford to get out of it. I am your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is today's episode. Hello, welcome. So today I'm testing out a new sound editing application, which is called Sound Studio, because GarageBand is driving me absolutely insane. And I'm also testing a new mic. It's a lapel mic that cost me like 40 bucks on Amazon. And I love the sound of it. I've been using the Blue Yeti, which is the entry-level mic for podcasters and YouTubers. And I, though I love the sound on that, I do have some issues with the echo. So I'm going to try this new setup first and, and see, I mean, today, and see, see how it goes. Because I, I really wanted to get out of GarageBand. It was driving me crazy. Okay, so um, this week has been kind of a crazy whirlwind. Um, I got back from my trip on Monday, I mean Sunday, sorry. Sunday afternoon, I traveled, I don't know, my flight left at like 6 in the morning. I got up like at 4.30, so I was exhausted. And then I took a nap. I had dinner, took a nap, had lunch, took a nap, and then I, I went, I came home and just kind of rested. I was like a mess. <laughs> I was exhausted. And then I slept through the night. And then Monday I jumped back in, but I, you know, I paced myself. I tried to take it easy because it's always difficult to readjust after one of these. And true to form, I was having a lot of issues reacclimating to the laptop. So um, it was really hard. It took me all day to readjust my eyes to staring at a screen. One week of not looking at a TV or a laptop or a phone um, just kind of did the trick and my eyes kind of needed time to readjust. So it's very interesting. Um, it was rough, but I managed and I got caught up as much as I could. Uh, then a tropical storm was announced for Wednesday night, Dorian, and we were like, I don't know what's going to happen. We had to rush to this supermarket and Tuesday afternoon to get supplies just in case. And we, you know, we got prepared. I was expecting lots of rain and not a drop fell. Eventually, Dorian veered off to the north and is now heading towards Florida. I'm hoping that it dies down in the ocean and doesn't make landfall anywhere because we need a break from hurricanes, all of us. So, so I was in New Mexico last week. I go there every year for a dance retreat with my teacher, Mira Betts. And though it's difficult to summarize exactly what the experience is like, I will give it my best shots. Okay, so... And basically what we do there is we go to this area, which is a retreat center way off in the mountains, in the desert of New Mexico. And we're kind of away from, you know, major cities. And it's really nice. Like you get to see the sky full of stars. You only hear nature sounds at night. It's fantastic. And we go there to work on ourselves in whichever capacity we see fit. Some of us are trying to see where we are at in our dance, in our art, what we want to make, how we feel about it. Some of us are simply struggling with something related to just life in general. And that's just like a really nice break to focus on making art and through that process really work out internal 
struggles that we might be having. Um, we do dance drills in the morning. Uh, Mira's been doing these neuroplasticity drills that are very exciting. She's using nervous system-based performance enhancement. And we spent a lot of time working on our eyesight, coordination, strength, stability, balance through nervous system-based drills. And the results are almost immediate. So that's really exciting. Then we do daily dances, which is a sketch of a dance. We do it's only one and a half minute, one and a half minutes to two minutes. So we present that for each other and we get feedback on it. And then we have lunch and siesta, and then we have the afternoon session, which is usually improvisation exercises, performance exercises, talking about our journal entries, if we want to. Um, she usually gives us prompts to journal about. And then later, um, it's dinner and evening activities. So it's a lot of space to really reflect, talk to each other, you know, just kind of downtime to just kind of figure out where we're at, check in with ourselves, which is so necessary in this day and age. Mm. So I was there and of course, while I was there, I had many opportunities to experience time in a different way. And so I wanted to talk today about time and the way we experience time. But before I talk about that, I want to make a parenthesis to explain something. And this will be kind of, this, this uh, explanation, this parenthesis will be kind of a thread throughout this episode because I want to be compassionate and socially conscious as well. So nowadays we hear a lot of talk about mindfulness and being present as an antidote to modern anxieties. And at some point last year, my partner suggested the app Simple Habit to me because I suffer from bouts of anxiety and chronic stress. And don't worry, this is not a sponsored ad, quite the opposite. So bear with me. This app contains hundreds of guided meditations and relaxation music recordings, and most of the guided meditations are only five minutes long, so it's supposed to make it very accessible, which I understand. The app provides the built-in feature of letting you set an alarm in order to send reminders for meditation time, so it makes it very accessible. Even though I still use the app sometimes, I immediately had a problem with the notifications feature. I understand it is meant to help you create a meditation habit, but the alarm thing really stresses me out. And eventually the notification becomes one more notification on my phone. So I immediately turned it off. I tried it for a few days, it wasn't working. It was not getting me to the meditate, quite the opposite. So notifications are already a small source of stress for me. I don't think I will ever get used to the fact that I have to be keep constantly checking in on this on what's happening on this device that I've only had for eight out of the 37 years I've been on this earth. Therefore, I really do not use this feature. Whenever I need to check in to have a timeout, I find a meditation that I think would help and I do it. As I was saying, mindfulness is a very popular topic. I think it's really great and I think meditation is meditation is a very powerful tool. At the same time, part of me resents the fact that it is one more thing that gets passed over to the individual along with everything else. What do I mean by that? Well, especially in the United States, of which Puerto Rico is a territory, there has been 
an increasing trend over the past several decades towards passing more and more responsibility to the individual. We pay for our own health care. We now have to contribute to our own retirement accounts, are made responsible for becoming educated in every topic under the sun. Nutrition, fitness, responsible consumption, recycling, financial literacy, how to protect your privacy online, etc., etc. And this is just so we feel like we can navigate the modern world. We're constantly plugged into the news, the lives of others through social media, managing our social capital online, keeping up with the news in our bank accounts. If you really stop to think about it, it's kind of a lot that previous generations didn't have to deal with, and all of it with smaller and smaller salaries. All this with growing uncertainty about what the planet is going to feel like in 10 years or whether we'll be able to afford rent in a couple of months. And then we get told that in order to deal with growing depression and anxiety and stress, we just need to take a mindful meditation course or practice gratitude daily. This is not to say those things are not helpful. They very much are. But it's important to be careful about how it is framed because one, they are not a cure for social inequalities and second, they can easily lead to feelings of hopelessness and shame when overwhelmed low-wage workers who are struggling to survive are then told that their mental health is completely of their own making. So I wanted to make that caveat because there are so many messages out there about taking time off, unplugging, taking a nature walk, etc. that are not always possible for everybody. Some of us might live near a park or the beach, but I've been to places where nature walks to unplug are not a possibility unless you drive for miles and miles. I remember a few years ago, I went to my cousin's wedding in Louisiana. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of the town, but... Um, somewhere north in Louisiana, and we were. I was staying at this hotel with a couple of friends who were invited to the wedding, and we <laughs> wanted to go to a store that was nearby. It was really walking distance. It was like right there next to the hotel, and we literally tried to walk to the place, and there were no sidewalks, so it was just the road for cars. We had to double back to the hotel, get in the car and drive to the store that was right next to the hotel because there were no sidewalks to walk on. And even if there had been, it's not the type of place where you go out to unplug. I mean, it would stress you out to just walk there. So I understand that, you know, this this depends on your geographic area, on your time constraints, etc., etc. So Making the individual feel completely and entirely responsible for this is a little bit sadistic. So, I talk as I talk about my experience in New Mexico last week, I will do my best to insert possibilities that people with space constraints can maybe take advantage of. Okay, so while I was there, I had many opportunities to just spend time on my own, to reflect, to check in with myself, which I highly encourage people to do. I think it's absolutely essential, and I don't think most of us do it enough, to just turn all the stimuli off, get rid of all the feedback, all the notifications, and spend time with ourselves. 
spend time with ourselves. Depending on who we are, how often we do this, what we do in regular life, etc., etc., this can be very intense. And if you haven't done this in a while and you find yourself in very noisy environments with a lot of people constantly checking in online and all of that, and you suddenly spend time with less noise and not a lot of people around, it can be very overwhelming and it feels like something's wrong and you're about to die. Don't worry, <laughs> that's normal. It's just we have to repress so much of our urges and desires and feelings and who we are in order to make it through the day that when we allow ourselves to to reconnect with what's inside, it can all come up suddenly to the surface. This is why I think it's important to try to do it as regularly as possible. Um... You know, I, there was this one day where I, I got up really early, not on purpose. I just woke up very early and I, I decided to let me just go take a walk outside. I almost never do because I'm afraid I'll get lost. But, um, you know, I was very careful about where I was heading. I walked outside. There was sky, sunlit clouds, birds chipping early morning, silence from human noises. Noises from nature were very distinct. And it was just an environment that takes you out of your usual context. It was so very different. So completely opposite to my regular context that it was extremely refreshing. And during my week there, I also experienced several time warps. There was one day where I was so caught up doing something really fun. Actually, um, I wanted to do these recordings for my daily dance the next day. I spent all of lunch and siesta that day just doing that and running around, recording people, reading these messages that I had written, and just kind of having so much fun doing that, that, you know, time just completely disappeared and evaporated. And I was so shocked by how quickly that happened. And also on the day off, I spent a lot of time sleeping. I just fell asleep in the hammock on a hammock in the, at the resort uh, where, where I go for the hot springs. And I just, I just passed out. <laughs> and it was great. It was great to just allow myself to, you know what? I don't need to be like super active right now. I'm just going to sleep. I'm just going to. It feels really good to be in this hammock right now doing absolutely nothing, not even reading, not even contemplating anything, just letting my body exist in this space for as long as it needs to. That was freaking great. So, like I said, these experiences stood in great contrast to what I usually experience on a daily basis. I normally wake up in a go, go, go mentality, hardly ever give myself time and space to simply exist. And what I realized then and there, in conjunction with experiences I've, ha I've had in the past few weeks as well, is that the experience of time truly can be something more voluntary. Um, that it is something we can have some agency over, not complete agency, but some form of agency. Not how much time we have necessarily, but how we experience the time that we do have. And I think that's the message of mindfulness that I th and gratitude lists and all of that, that I think it's lost. It's about the form in which you experience time and, you know, 
experience, the human experience. Uh, now, I'm struggling to offer this idea to you because I am well aware, again, that a lot of us are not in complete control of our time. Most of us aren't. It's not helpful for me to say time alone is essential, when in fact it's not something so accessible to many. But one thing I have found liberating and that I will offer, one thing I've found liberating throughout my life is questioning the usefulness of certain social conventions that directly impinge on my limited free time. So as a student, both in high school and college, and then as an office worker, I became aware that time spent making yourself attractive and conforming to the standards of femininity is a huge time sink. Now, I love putting on makeup, trying on clothes, you know, creating outfits, all of that, but I have always tried to do so in a way to, as to minimize the time it takes me to engage in those activities. And mind you, it means that I don't get as many compliments about my physical appearance or that um, people don't say about me, she's always so well-dressed like they do about other people. So um, it means sacrificing that. However, uh, there are people who feel the need to get up an hour earlier every day, every morning, to iron out their hair and put on makeup and spend hundreds of dollars and hours every month to be able to wear the latest fashion or some, some sort of look. That is time not spent, I don't know, reading Russian literature or boning up on website design, something that might be helpful to you in a personal or professional capacity. I have been around people who are able to do those things without major consequences to their lives, but then be careful. Those people often have structures in their lives that allow them to have cognitive space for that and other things. They might have a supportive partner or, or family members that support them financially or they don't feel stressed out about. It's very real that if I don't work this many hours every month, I might not be able to make rent next, next month. Some people don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Working 24 to 30 hours per week at a retail job while holding five to six college courses and doing it all on unreliable public transportation hardly afforded me cognitive space for makeup and shopping. And trying to do so would have been extremely overwhelming. And it was. I, Even though I didn't partake at the time, I also felt like a failure and extremely ashamed because I wasn't conforming and something was wrong with me and I, and I was flawed somehow for not putting on makeup every day for college. So I had to let go of that social convention in order to focus on my professional and academic goals. There are many social conventions we all operate under that we never think to question. And these also take up a huge amount of our time, especially as women. If we're already giving away 40 to 50 hours a week to a soulless job, this can make it so by the end of the day or by the weekend, we were exhausted sacks of mashed potatoes sitting in front of the couch. I'm not trying to shame you, shame you for binging on Netflix either. I understand why we do it. The modern world is exhausting, often demoralizing. 
I've been reading this book that's kind of been making the rounds. I've been wanting to read it for a while and finally I'm. Um, it's called Bullshit Jobs. <laughs> it was written by anthropologists too, <laughs> which talks about the modern epidemic of jobs that serve no real purpose in the world. There are many accounts of people who get hired simply to fill up space and to pretend they are doing any real work and look busy. The book talks about how demoralizing and depressing this is for many. So having to dedicate 40 hours to a pointless job whilst writing your novel and also unsure about what the planet is going to look like in a decade, but pretend like you're hopeful and optimistic, produces a level of cognitive dissonance that can easily lead to chronic anxiety and depression. Given this, however, perhaps the first step is to begin to question said social conventions. How to do this? Well, pay very close attention to any personal desires or things that you want to do or don't want to do that are accompanied by feelings of shame. Shame is often a huge indicator of social conventions at play. Sometimes I'm getting ready to eat a meal and the, and the thought will pop into my head about a message I read on Instagram or something someone posted, um, a, a person who's been working out and they post this thing and it, I immediately feel guilty. And I know how to talk myself through that guilt and that shame, but until very recently I didn't. It was very easy for me to pull down a spiral of self-loathing that paradoxically led to stress-induced and healthy behaviors, like eating more unhealthy foods. So there's many ideas that pop up throughout the day about what we should be doing right now, especially for women. Doing the dishes instead of working on our website, finishing the laundry instead of finishing that choreography, etc., etc. And if you're a creator or entrepreneur of some sort, these thoughts can really get in the way of achieving your professional or artistic goals. So once you've started identifying those optional activities, <laughs> then you can maybe start thinking about using the time to drive to a park or a lake and unplug. Listen to the sounds of nature or just the sounds around you. Allow yourself to exist then and there without stimuli, without feedback. Appreciate the contrast to your regular life. Breathe. Breathe. And often when I do this, especially after a period of intense work, the first thing I will feel is anxiety, then exhaustion, then sadness. It can be very intense, but nothing's wrong. On the contrary, everything's just right. Your body is finally getting a chance to catch up with you. If you feel exhaustion, allow yourself to examine it and understand it. Don't worry. Allowing yourself to get the measure of your exhaustion is the first step towards planning for your much-needed rest. When, when is the next opportunity you might have to have a cocktail or curl in with a book and drift to sleep? Whenever that is, do your absolute best to get rid of distractions. Try to really remember how exhausted you felt when you were checking in. It might not be the same day. You might go to the park on the Thursday morning and your next opportunity for... An uninterrupted nap is Saturday. So just try to remember that. Try to hold on to that exhaustion and really lean into it when you have the time to. Um, get rid of distractions. Find a babysitter if possible. Turn off your phone. Just sleep. This is true self-care. 
and see how you can make it a regular feature of your week. Going to that park, that lake, that whatever, taking that walk, checking in with your body, seeing where you're at. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be anything in particular at all. It's just you being with you. How does it feel to be you right now? Important information will come to the surface. Don't resist. Don't be afraid. Because the alternative is to continue to run till your body can no longer keep up. And then illness or injury will set in as a way of forcing you to do so. And if you're already ill or injured, all the more reason to make yourself, your body, the highest priority. You can't help those you love if you're not feeling well. This has been Social Media Blues. This has been my two cents about how to experience time and mindfulness and all of that. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, um, if you have any comments, questions, requests, feel free to send me an email to socialmediabluespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at socialmediablues and just check out my posts and leave your comments there. Um, thank you so much for listening. I will ask you if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it if you're on Apple Podcasts and whatever uh, device you're listening to this and leave a review if possible. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week. Bye for binging on Netflix.